You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Ethan Lane. Ethan is the Senior Executive Director of NCBA Federal Lands and the Executive Director of the Public Lands Council. Ethan, thanks for joining us. Always great to be here, Ed. All right. Well, this week, NCBA and PLC uh, launched a new media campaign. Uh, The campaign is called The Value of Grazing. Tell folks what this campaign is all about and why it's necessary. This campaign is about highlighting the good work we accomplish through using grazing uh, on the landscape, whether that's in in the West, whether that's in the Midwest, whether that's on pasture, whether that's on range. There's a tremendous amount of value derived from grazing livestock animals in those environments. And our members are all nodding their heads and saying, well, yeah, of course there are a tremendous amount of benefits, but the rest of the country needs to know more about that. Uh, Congress needs to know more about that. Some of the uh, conservation groups and environmental groups that we work with need to have a better understanding of some of that. And particularly in the middle of wildfire season where we have some of those examples playing out in real time, we thought it was a really good opportunity uh, to to just kind of throw a big net over that issue and and really help people understand the the positive impacts that we that we have. Yeah, when we uh, started talking about this campaign, you know, I kind of thought, oh, yeah, you know, we do a lot of uh, uh, communications on the value of beef on the end product, the nutrition, the taste, um, all of that great stuff, but we don't really talk that much about the actual value of grazing and how the the actual grazing process can be good for landscapes, for wildlife. Um, You know, there's a a myriad uh, number of ways that grazing helps uh, communities. Um, and our, the first video, of course, um, it, it involves uh, a rancher outside of Ventura, California named Rich Atmore, um, who he and uh, the whole Ventura area was was devastated by the Thomas fire in 2017. Uh, we went out there, we, we caught up with him on his property. He gave us a lot of footage um, of the fire as it rolled through. And here's just a little bit of what he had to say in this video, in case you haven't seen it yet. And if you're, a, if you're an ag broadcaster, this is clean audio that you can use without the, the music behind it. So let's take a listen to what he had to say. And that fire come down that canyon like a cyclone, spinning from side of the canyon to side of the canyon. 80, 85 mile an hour winds. About that time the embers started coming. And I mean, it was an ember shower like I've never seen before. Embers the size of your thumb were just flying, landing in the pocket of your coat, lighting your coat pocket on fire. And we really had a mess going. And for about 10 hours, we stayed there and fought that fire. 500 houses to the east of that area that hadn't been grazed in 30 years, almost completely burned to the ground that neighborhood. And 500 people lost their homes. Across the rest of the ranch, we managed all the way across the rest of Ventura. Yeah, there were some homes that burned down from embers. But 95% of the homes that burned down were because of the pastures that weren't grazed. And a lot of, most all the homes adjacent to the pastures that were grazed were saved. And there were some that burned down from embers, but it wasn't anything like on the other side that was ungrazed. So I can't preach anything more to my urban neighbors than the fact that grazing is what helps protect you. Because uh, without us, this vegetation would have been four times as thick and the damage would have been four times as bad. All right, that was an amazing story that he had to tell about his uh, his his experience with the with the Thomas fire and the the benefit that grazing the area around his house and around his office had and and it obviously helped out the people in Ventura who lived down below uh, the hillside there. 
So, Ethan, what are some of the other the values or the benefits of grazing that are going to be highlighted uh, in this campaign in the weeks to come? Well, at its core, I think one of the things that people need to understand is that rangeland environments are designed to be grazed, right? And and so if you don't graze them, if you let them just run wild, the result is a a, a decrease in in the health of those environments, and that impacts wildlife, that impacts water resources, that impacts the balance of native versus invasive species, uh, plants and weeds, things like cheatgrass start to take over, and of course you end up in that fire cycle that is incredibly devastating, and when you have those hot, dense, thick, burning weeds, you actually kill nutrients in the soil and you prevent anything productive from growing back in its wake. So, you know, I mean, not all fire is bad. We have good fire too, and, and grazing appropriately promotes that good, quick fire that burns through and allows the ground to regenerate in a positive way. You know, that, that in itself, just that process of grazing the land responsibly produces exactly the kind of positive environmental results that, that nature intended in that environment. So just, just at its core, doing that on its own. If you are running your ranch and you're doing nothing special beyond just running that playbook and grazing responsibly in that environment, you're already contributing in a positive way uh, to, to the health of that landscape. And then of course we have the countless ranchers across the country that are involved in all kinds of cool projects to do different things, you know, tinkering with this or that or or changing the balance of, 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 uh, of grasses on their, on their ranch in order to encourage wildlife or to promote some habitat here or, or I mean, you know, there's any number of them. We could spend a year on this and never run out of material, right? And every rancher is proud of what they're doing in their backyard and wants to show you. But, you know, just, just elevating everyone's understanding of not only what's possible, but what we're already doing everywhere across the country is, is, is the real goal here. Yeah, and of course, this comes at a time when uh, it seems like the low-hanging fruit in the media and with you know some environmental groups is to blame um, meat meat production, meat eating, cattle production uh, for everything that's wrong uh, out there in the environment. And so, um, I think it's very important that we push back on that. Well, and 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 quite frankly, you know, we are in a situation right now and in a period where not even a week goes by between these reports, whether they're from the UN or some climate commission or something else, and they all tend to make these kind of vague, broad references to livestock production. And, and most often, they're really talking about other parts of the world where, where there's a dramatically different environmental impact in those, in those environments than here in the US. We are the model of sustainability for the world. What we do here is the blueprint a lot of those other more emerging markets should be following in order to achieve the most beneficial results possible and, quite frankly, the best tasting product. Um, so we really are excited to communicate those benefits. We, we hope some of those people in New York City and Geneva and wherever else those reports are drawn up that have never been on a ranch wake up a little bit. You know, we've done a lot of work to try to get on things like BBC and other, and other venues where we can reach some of those audiences. We'll continue to do that through this campaign. But it all kind of goes hand in hand. I think people have a tendency to compartmentalize, right? And they see something from the UN and, well, that's different than what we're doing out West. Absolutely not. This is all part of the same conversation. And as I say a lot, uh, we tend to be the laboratory for this kind of stuff out West. It's the easiest to apply bad policy when you have so much federal land. So uh, starting this campaign with some of that and then trending into some of the rest of the country and what we're doing coast to coast, that's the goal here is to really build a framework to help these guys understand where they've gone off track in some of these reports where they're really missing the mark and where they're really missing opportunities with grazing as a tool. All right. Well said. Ethan Lane, thanks for joining us and best of luck with the rest of the campaign. Thanks, Ed.
You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at @beltwaybeef. Thanks for listening.